energy we on for this uh, kickoff episode. That's the energy we on for this kickoff episode. Come on. The queen of hip-hop soul, Miss Mary J. Blige. MJB. Welcome to the inaugural. Inaugural. Episode of State of Black Music. State of Black Music. Woo! How about that? It's a new thing, y'all. It's a new thing. Now, who's going to break this down? Who's going to break it down? This, well, let's introduce ourselves, first of all. Okay. I'm Phil Yanir. I'm Claude Kelly. I'm Chuck Harmony. And I'm Timon Bacon. Bacon for Macon. So we had a podcast called We Sound Crazy. Uh-huh. You might have heard of it. Might have heard of it. <laughs> and uh, it was so hot. It was so dope that uh, people came knocking, namely the National Museum of African American Music here in Nashville, Tennessee, mm-hmm. and Visit Music City. And they said, we like what you're doing. We want to make this the official podcast of the museum and of Nashville. So that means we got to be on our best behavior or we can just be our regular ignorant self. Now, what I heard <laughs> is that they want us to be our regular, regular ignorant self. And not ignorant, but ignorant. 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 I'm from Virginia. So, you know, we say ignorant, everything. You know what I mean? That's how we talk. <laughs> I-G-N-A. Ignorant. They want, they want us to do what we do. <laughs> We want to just let y'all know that this is going to be a good time with the State of Black Music Podcast. Yeah, we got to upgrade. Yeah. Got to upgrade. Upgrade. And so we're actually going to be doing live episodes from mm. the Roots Theater at the National Museum of African American yes. Music. So stay tuned. Yeah. We'll, we'll give all the socials at the end of the episode so you can come out, hang out with us. But in this initial inaugural kickoff episode. The kickoff. We got... <laughs> Two queens with us. Royalty. Yeah, royalty. Royalty. We got the queen, Miss Mary J. Blige. Woo. And the fashion architect, Misa Hilton. Woo. Double trouble. Double, Double trouble. trouble. <laughs> Double legend. Double legend. Legendary. <laughs> Double legendary. State of black music. But you know that it's You know, we got to start off with a little of our chatter. So, uh, what's up, fellas? What's going on? <laughs> fellas. <laughs> what, what's up, fellas? <laughs> what's what up, sound, fellas? What I sound like Morris Chestnut. Right. <laughs> we were actually going to the 2013 BT Awards, and we were all in first class, and uh, I went to sleep. I was awakened by, um, by the flight attendant. She said, Usher would like to talk to you in the back. So I got up and went back and it was like, uh, you know, how's everything going? Quick, small talk, no big deal. And um, it was like, man, I want to tell you something, man. I was like, what's, what's, what's good? I thought he was about to tell me something real. He sounded real concerned. He was like, man, you kind of, kind of fucked up music. <laughs> Damn. I didn't understand. It was like, nah, man, you really like, you really fucked up music for real singers. Literally at that point, I couldn't listen. Is he right? Did I, did I fuck this up? Did I fuck up music? And I, and that is the very moment. And I, I don't even think I, I realized this for a long time. That's the very moment that started like a four year depression for me. Wow, so that clip is actually um, from the This Is Pop documentary on Netflix. Mm. So uh, T-Pain talking about his interaction with Usher on the way to the BET Awards. Mm-hmm. That's wild. What do y'all think? Timon? Well, well the, 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 the people on Twitter in the Twitter streets is, is not really feeling Usher right now, but what, I'm trying to gather my thoughts as it relates to this, because there's been a lot of Usher slander in the last 24 hours, and... Uh, I think two things can be true at the same time. We can be pissed at Usher for what he did and still celebrate him and his accomplishments at the same time without having to, you know, there have been a lot of people who said, you know, he can't sing anyway. Usher can't sing anyway. So I don't know where he's got room to say that T-Pain fucked up music. And I'm just like, huh? Those are lies. Huh? <laughs> that's, uh, that's, Usher can a, sing his ass like, off. Those are lies. That's well, a lie. What yeah. we're not going to do is pretend like this man had not been singing since 93. Right. right. And so, um, since all the time I now that does not you. right, just call me a Mac. We'll even take it back to that to the you know poetic justice soundtrack. But I just think you know it was fucked up. If 
allegedly, if he indeed said this. Yeah, I just, I don't know how we have come into, even look at the response. Somebody sent me this at the bottom. Look at the response to that person on IG, but... I just don't know how we got into the point where we're questioning Usher's credentials. Hello? Like, exactly. Like, first of all, exactly. for the record, I love T-Pain. Mm-hmm. I love what he brought to the music industry. Salute to my brother T-Pain. But I, I'm not, I can't discount Usher. Exactly. I just right. can't. And right. I had a conversation with a friend recently that even questioned, is Usher even a legend? What? Wow. Yeah, this is true. But he's immediately, said, well, Chris Brown is a legend. But I mean, I don't know if Usher's a legend. And I thought I was being punk. So this is the, <laughs> right. So we questioning the guy who sold a million copies the first week of his album release. Yeah. Last R&B black artist to go diamond. Right. With confessions. What are y'all talking about? We need to get Usher here at the State of Black Music podcast and down yeah. to the National Museum of African American Music. I want to give this brother his flowers. I know he's yes. in Vegas you know, now performing this summer. But again, I hate that that was, again, T-Pain's encounter, allegedly, you know, but I just, I just don't know, like, I can't down, I can't frown on Usher. And I'll say this, I appreciate what T-Pain contributed to his era in music, but let's not pretend like everybody was standing for (laughs) T-Pain in the last, like, Five to five to seven years, like, but I, no one was really rocking with him like that. I I bet that T Pain didn't mean for there to be this backlash. Right. Usher. He was asked a question, he answered it, and then, you know the fans go, they just get stupid, like and they turn everything into like a big stand war. Exactly. I mean, the story, if, if it's a fact, then he told the story and it is what it is. I'm I'm sure they're probably cool by now. Right. Mm-hmm. And so now everyone online is going in on Usher and discounting discounting his talent and. There's this whole war going on, and the two people you're fighting for are probably cool in the studio right, right. now. Right. So I don't know. I I I think he. You got to know that if you say Usher caused a depression, that that's going to raise some alarm, some red flags. Yeah, but. And then Usher wasn't the only one that, if he indeed said it, because we don't know for. I mean. Right. I mean, Jay-Z, not saying T Pain is lying. Jay Z had Jay Z exactly. So. You had Jay Z and Kanye and all of them like coming for T-Pain back in the day. So, I mean, yeah. it wasn't just Usher. Bottom line is that y'all, Usher slander is not is not allowed here. Exactly. Have some respect. Right. He gave have us too many hits. Have some decency. State of black music. But speaking of slander. Here oh, go, Phil. I'm about to go to <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm eat this Uh-oh, somebody about to get it. Someone's about to get the fire. Who is it this time? Is it a gun? Is it a knife? <laughs> Is it a gun? Is it a knife? That's good. Pick it up. But it's my favorite song, though. So the song is, uh, that's Trick Daddy, I'm a thug, but I'm actually saying I'm a fool in this case. He's a fool. Let's listen to the clip of Trick Daddy. Let us. But what I said was, I don't think Beyonce could sing, and that Beyonce is to R&B what Jay-Z is to the state of hip-hop in New York at the time when Jay-Z was began considering himself as the king of hip-hop, the king of, the goat of our um, rap. Which is my opinion. And my opinion is you a fool. (laughs) (laughs) But full disclosure, I am a friend of the Carters. Hmm. So Beyonce, beyond my personal friendship and relationship with her and the ladies of Destiny's Child, we cannot discount her talent. Listen, listen, listen. listen, To say that she can't sing and to downplay her creative ability and Jay-Z's, who's one of the greatest... On the hip hop side, it's just trick daddy. I don't know what you're drinking. I was gonna ask, was he high? Was he high? Yeah, because that that's that's the most disrespectful statement I've heard in a minute. Like, yo, you don't have to like the songs, you don't have to approve of the d- business decisions, but Beyonce Knowles can sing. Yeah, that's not a question. Like, better than almost everyone else in the music business, she can sing. Unbelievable! Period. During Black Music Month, we gonna do this. Yeah, During Black Music Month. And I'm like, is you? Are you just trying to get a headline? Yeah, probably. That's what it sounds like. By trick. By, by, by trick. trick. 
Trick Daddy's last hit. Ooh. Because even Trina pointed that out at the Love and Hip Hop reunion. Ooh. Uh oh. So we're like, talking well over fifteen years, yeah. arguably, right? Probably like the end of high school, and I graduated in 05. So okay, yeah. yeah, fifteen years. That's all. State of Black music. <laughs> State of Black music. Yo, I'm so excited about this conversation with Mary. Same. So many gems dropped, and my life to me was such an incredible album. Mm. An era. An era. It was an era. Yeah. Ninety four. Yeah. I was in high school when this album came out. But the documentary, which is on Amazon right now, please check it out. Thank you to Ashana and Jeff Harleston for making this conversation a reality. Check it out. Hi. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? We're doing less. We're talking to you, so we we super happy. We we blessed talking to you about this. So so Mary, just a quick uh, overview. We um are host of the State of Black Music podcast, which is uh, a a division of the uh, National Museum of African American Music that just opened in Nashville. Uh, Ashana is a part of the Music Industry Relations Committee. Jeff Halston, who's also a dear friend, he's also on the board. Um, so we're just the, the official podcast for the museum, which we hope that you'll be able to see very soon because surprise, you're in it. So it's a national <laughs> <laughs> and, and Mary, I'm sure you remember Chuck Harmony, who you worked with before in the past over here, and then and Clark Kelly and Timon Bacon. So we're the hosts. And so just Good to see it's everybody. All, it's, it's, all, a it's all love in here. It's, it's all family. family. It's family. It's all good. Yeah. Thank you. I feel it. Yeah. Man. All right. So listen, I'm, I'm just gonna start where where it all began because I'm a New Yorker like you. So I grew up in Manhattan. So I lived this era. You know what I'm saying? Like not just the music, but I was telling the guys earlier that the culture of it. So in New York, as you know, every time a Mary album dropped. Like the whole hood changed. All the girls' hair hairstyles changed. The outfits changed. Everything. So for me, I I just want to start by asking you how you feel knowing that not just the music you were doing in the studio was impactful, but that you've been so impactful even in that era, especially in this era, the My Life album era, um, to so many everyone. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna start with Black women. So many Black women who literally look to you for how to how to talk, how to live, how to love how to dress how does that make you feel it makes me feel good now you know now that i can enjoy it you know years ago i didn't know what i did and i you know i know when i was a kid i always wanted to help women because i always saw my my mom hurting so much and my aunt and just women everywhere in, in, the, in, in the projects hurting mm. that I, I just always wish i could do something even as a little girl and that dream went away and this album came <laughs> you know mm. this career came and, and and I was going through exact same hell that they were going through and I got a chance to you know put my pain out there and and not knowing that it would come back to me like marry me too you know because I had forgotten about my dream you know as a kid because you lose that in the inner cities you know you can't really mm-hmm. dream you can't really smile sure. you can't really nothing so you just like all right and then it came back you know the opportunity to you know put myself out there, you know, just cause I needed to in, in, in the My Life album. So yeah. I feel good about it. I feel great about it. And what an expression. I mean, yeah. you put your heart in this yeah. one. Yeah, man. Thank you. you. Your heart. Yeah. State of Black Music. November 29th, 1994 was the actual release date for My Life. What do you remember about that day? Nothing. <laughs> Not a damn thing. <laughs> 1994 is a blur. All I remember was the pain and the cloudy and the just not being able, just the drugs and the alcohol, just trying to cope with life. I, 
I don't wow. think anybody will argue the fact that there's a rawness and a soulfulness to everything you do from singing to acting to dancing. Thank Where do you think that comes from? Do you think that's from an emotional place or from a spiritual place? It's from a spiritual place. It's from DNA. My mom, she still dances. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So when I was little, watching her was the joy of my life. My mother would go to, she would go to work and then she'll go to a club on the weekend and then she'll come home and wake us up and, she, you know, teach us all our little dance, uh, dances. The hood was dancing. There was block parties. The um, hip hop gave us all the swag. So we made up dances. Mm -hmm. We made up bounces. We, you know. Yeah all that stuff comes from the culture, you know, just how we live, who we, you know, who we were. And as black people, you know, you know, we, we're rhythmic, you know, we're, we, we know how to move. And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and that was something I love to do and still love to do. I love to, to move. I love to sing. I love to bounce. <laughs> I love right, right. Yeah, yeah. We see it. And we feel it. We yeah. feel that. Oh, by the way, so it's, it's such an honor to even be on this, this chat with you today. Um, but I grew up in a family full of women and your music, specifically the My Life album, like infiltrated family and close family friends. And then it even transcended over to the dudes that were loving Mary for, you know, what you brought to the table back then. What is it about the My Life records? You've had 13, 14 albums, <laughs> but what is it about this particular album that you feel like continues to stick to people's ribs. Like when you have a discussion about Mary J. Blige and her catalog, we love the other albums, but my life is that one that continues to just stick out to everybody. Why do you think that that 20 plus years later continues to kind of resonate with people today? You know, on What's the Full One, when I had a fan base, but yeah. my life was the beginning of a movement because when I spoke all my pain and I wrote it down and I sang it, I didn't know Four million people in the world was hurting like me or so many people was hurting the world like me and i didn't know if the album was going to do anything it was the sophomore jinx and yeah. i at some point I, I didn't even care i was in so much pain i just needed to get this out of me i need to get these words out of me and when we released the album it, it spoke by itself four million people four million women men responded and that created a movement it wasn't just like all oh, the music is dope it was like oh my god mary this album it stopped me from killing myself, or this album stopped me from driving off a cliff. And I'm hearing these stories. I'm like, oh my God, I, I don't have that much power. It's, it's, it's too much responsibility, especially then. But now mm -hmm. I get it. It, it is a responsibility, and I understand it now. What makes it stick is just, just the movement that it created and just the truth that it tells and, and how it opened everybody else up and allowed them to say, me too, man. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm glad you said that because. We have a lot of conversations just in general. We, you know, we're music fans before anything else. And we talk about how much has changed over the years and even how celebrity has changed over the years. And in my opinion, my life is probably the premier album that made the conversation about yeah. depression, um, thoughts of suicide, abuse, like mainstream and current, especially for black people, especially for black people. And I think the way we treat artists now the sensitivity that we have towards their struggles. And it's taken some time, but I think because this album and your process and your honesty has been consistent all, all the way through, I think there's a much better and healthier, especially in our business, the music business, there's a much healthier view of how to treat people when they're going through things. So it's this is a ministry. It's like, this is literally like, your album is like therapy for yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, yeah it shows we, we have to be delicate because you just never know what people are suffering out here and with COVID and the quarantine and, you know, just people being isolated away from their families and having to deal with themselves in that one house, everybody right, right. Know how to deal with that. So we must tread lightly. We must be careful. We must be considerate about, you know, how, how we deal with people these days, you know? And, and so I'm so happy that the My Life album is resurfacing in a way that it can touch, you know, the, a new generation, like, you know, you have 11 year olds thinking about suicide, you know, yeah. I, I heard the other day and it's like, man, like, nah, we, we can't have that. So I'm just happy that this album is out here at this time, not this album, this documentary. Mm. It's an album pretty and much. Like the whole thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Out here at this time so, so people can know that, you know, it's okay to be vulnerable because that's strength. It's okay to talk. Sometimes you gotta talk. Yeah. Sometimes you have to talk. You, you don't, you don't, if you don't want to talk to the world, talk to yourself, talk to somebody, just get yeah. it out. 
grown-ups need to know it's okay. It's not, you know, people people are hurting, suffering. Mm -hmm. State of black music. I know you said 94 was a blur, but I'm determined. I'm committed to get a story out of it. So <laughs> <You're> <laughs> trying to dig. I'm, I'm digging. I mean, because when I looked at the documentary, which is amazing, by the way, you yeah. know, Puffy's in there, who I know is like your brother, Chucky Thompson's in there, oh, Big yeah. Like, I mean, you had some of the most brilliant minds that you were collaborating with. And let's be clear, y'all, Mary J. Blige is one of the most prolific writers of our yeah. generation. She wrote the hell out of Thank you. That pen. Like, for real. But, but Mary... But Mary, what do you remember? Like, is there a funny story that from Puff or Chucky or Big Bub that you remember just, and just, cause I know it was a tough time in your life and you, and I just thank God for you and just sharing your testimony. But was there like a, a fun studio moment or, or a time where you were able to smile? The crazy thing is Bub and Chucky reminded me of those moments, you know, like when we mm -hmm. finished Never Want to Live Without You, how I cried because you know, like we cried at the the booth together. Like I forgot about that, and Bub made me remember that. Um, he reminded me of the first time I ever met him. And he said you were sitting in a corner with a bucket hat on and some Timberlands and you didn't speak to nobody. And he was like, I'm not fucking with her. So they they reminded me, you know, um, just being in the studio with Puff all the time. With, you know, he wanted the best out of you. I do remember this. He wanted the best for you. And I didn't really want the best for myself. So it was always like an argument, a physical fight. Oh, you know, you're not going to tell me what to do. It was always some kind of beef, but he didn't care. He liked beefing. <laughs> so yeah. it's, rock and, roll, it's rock and roll. It's rock and roll. <laughs> State of Black Music. The name of our podcast is State of Black Music. And so I have to ask the queen of hip hop soul, mm -hmm. what is the state of black music in 2021? Well, there's a, there's a lot of stuff out there that's underground, that's amazing, that does mm. not get heard. I mean, okay, you got you got the hers, who's amazing, you know, mm. generation. You got Jasmine Sullivan, who's phenomenal. Mm. Um, and and there's so much, there's so many. You have Ari Lennox, you got Chris Brown, you got mm. you know, and all you know the rappers, um, Baby, the Baby. There's so much fire out there. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's, it's and, and I'm embracing it. <laughs> I'm embracing it because I want I want to be heard as well. I don't want to close off. I, I always embrace right. the generation because I need them to hear me when I speak, you know, mm -hmm. and want to see my documentary. But I, I think it's healthy if you listening. It's so saturated because there's so many people. Y'all can make a record tomorrow and they'll buy, you know, everybody. It's a hit. Mm -hmm. you know? So it's so much talent, but it's being saturated by a bunch of nonsense, you know, so. Yeah. It's it, but if you if you listen, it's it's um, it's some amazing stuff out there. I agree. It's inspiring. It's inspiring how creative people are, right? Like yeah. everyone's their own way now, and then they have a lot more freedom to get it out. So I'm yeah. inspired too. I'm in the same boat. I'm just trying to soak it all up and see what everyone's talking about, and try and find my place with the movement. Yeah, people are ready to bust out. COVID and the quarantine got the way to rip all their skin off and. <laughs> 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 and go in. State of Black Music. As an executive producer of this amazing documentary, and obviously we know you uh, also produced the Clark Sisters film last year for <laughs> Lifetime. Um, and, and I'm hearing, I'm hearing whispers that it may be more producing in the future. Um, one, how was the experience producing this documentary, and do you see yourself producing more television and film? Well, it was amazing because it's my life. It's it's my baby. One of my my babies. And I'm gonna, I gotta, I gotta make sure that the story's told well, the testimonies are told well, the director is the right director and she's not a director that's looking to get a shine off of Mary J. Blige, but she's looking to give Mary J. Blige and her fans back, you know, the My mm -hmm. Life album documentary. So you have to, you know, I did everything I'm completely involved. Blue Butterfly is the name of the production company, my production company, we produced it. We just bought a television show with 50 Cent called Family Affair that's on ABC. Oh. We got a lot of stuff coming. Blue Butterfly is not playing. The team Amen. is not playing. Me, Sean, and Nicole, 
We're Blue Butterfly and my brother. Let's go. Let's go, man. Wow. I love that. State of Black Music. The reissue of my life dropped last year in in, in I, got of, uh, I got my copy. I got well. my of course, you're known for the amazing albums, but you also have amazing remixes as well. I have a two part question for you. Was there ever plan? Were there ever plans to do a full remix record like you did with West of 411? Because I feel and I appreciate you for putting those remixes on this reissue from last year because it was always an elusive, like hard to find thing. Mm -hmm. So now that I have it. It's just like I play it all the time. But were there ever plans to do a full remix record for my life? And then two, what is your favorite remix from that, that era? Um, there, there was definitely a plan to do a remix album for my life, but I had to keep, I had, I, I couldn't do it and I couldn't finish it because I had to step away on my own. And that's when I went to do Share My World. And I don't think I thought about a remix album again since growing pains but that got shot to hell with hateration from someone that was just whack and um you know they just got sh sh shot down the whole yeah. album, you know got stopped so yeah to answer your question yes that was the album i was on <laughs> it was like the growing pains it was me <laughs> state of black music and what is your what is, what is your favorite remix from that from the era if you can choose one Cause I know they are your babies. From from okay, from the my life. From the my life, yeah. From the my life. Yeah. I'm going mm -hmm. down and be happy. The dollar bill will remix with Keith Murray. Ooh. Yes, yes. Even though Keith Murray style is scrappy and nappy, all I want to do is be, be happy. That's one of my favorites. Mm. What? Are you kidding me? That Keith Murray John? My favorite my favorite remix was my favorite remix was the Be With You joint with Miss Laura Hill. That was fire. That was that's that's a hard one to find. That's a hard one to find. Yeah, that's why I like that one too. But yeah, mine's just be happy. That sample, you you can't find it. And the, the first time I ever heard that sample, I was living in in, in Yonkers and in the projects at a, uh, a a a a block party. I heard that. I was like, what the fuck that dollar bill, y'all, dollar bill, y'all, dollar dollar. And we could never find it. And then Puff shows up and was like, yo, sis, look what I got. I was like, ah. Mm. He was always finding things that. I grew up on. We just made like we got so much good chemistry. I don't know how he. It was like he was spying on me or something when I was younger. I don't know. It was crazy. State of black music. Can we just talk about like the music for a second? Like the samples on the record, but even beyond this, I want to talk about your voice. I studied this and there's this, all right, there's this thing that only Mary does, right? Like the, your, your note selection, mm -hmm. like where you think to go in between the chords it's and the jazzy. It's jazzy, but it's funk, but it's hip hop, but it's like, what, what are the influences that make up this creative, this creative style you got that's only yours. Like it's, I've been listening for years and it's only you do that stuff and it's nuts. Where does that come from? I mean, just listening to music all my life from, you know, uh, let's let's start with Anita Baker, Tina Marie. People forget about Tina Marie. Shaq mm. Khan, um, Malira. Remember Malira? Go outside. Yeah. She was all yes. she was all jazz. Yeah, <laughs> right, 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 all right. jazz. I like jazz, you know, as a kid, I like it now. And um, so it was a lot of stuff that people wasn't listening to that I was listening to. And I didn't go to school for music. So I'd be making a lot of stuff up that really exists. Mm. Yeah. Would you do a jazz album? I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. 
I'm not sure. I said I like listening to it. I don't know. <laughs> so I didn't say like the whole album, man. Calm down. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not gonna say no. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It would kill though. State of black music. Your journey inspires so many people across the globe. But what inspires you? Who or what inspires Ooh. you? Actually, um, my my and music or just life. Just life. life. My mother, because she's a strong, like she's a strong woman she's a thug <laughs> she's just so strong you know and yeah. um she's beautiful she's still dancing she's still and she and she's just swear she's the flyest thing on earth and she doesn't let anything bother her mm. i wish i had that <laughs> i mm. wish that's that growing up and she's always been that way she does my big sister latanya because she's another strong person um some of my girlfriends you know really push me and just life, you know, life is inspirational when you live in. It's something always to think about and write mm -hmm. about. Amen to that. We can't, you know, talk about my life and not talk about the fashion. Right. And just that whole time. And I mean, I've heard you, you know, say how Misa even helped your confidence fashion-wise during that time. Can you talk to us more about just the fashion and my life and just how that, that whole process and just everything fashion? Well, Misa and Puffy, they, you know, they gave me some of the most iconic looks like the jerseys and the tennis skirts and, mm -hmm. you know, the Teflon boots. Um, they, you know, they, they saw my attitude and they knew what, what, that I could pull it off. Um, you know, once we, you know, down, later down the line, it was the furs and the color furs and the, you know, the, the hat turned back was in the Armani suits, baggy suits, like an I'm going down video, the Armani, a lot of men's suits I was wearing in real love being mm -hmm. Applejack hats. Um, yeah, they, they're responsible, you know, for, you know, putting me on to a, a lot of, you know, showing me a lot of that stuff. You pulled it off. Like, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, when Mary dropped a video, yeah. everyone's wardrobe changed. <laughs> it was the bootleg version, but it was, it was, a, it was a version of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, we made it fun. And a lot of that stuff was inspired from just the hood, you know, a lot of our heroes were drug dealers. So we mm. wanted to do what every drug dealer did. And we finally got a chance to do it when we got some money to do it. We wore furs because they wore furs, you mm. know, different color hair, different color, everything, you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, everything is right from where we from. New York, baby. State of black music. Andre Harrell coined your fashion, Ghetto Fabulous. I saw the documentary and, and, and we lost a great legend. And I know you dedicated the documentary to Andre Harrell. Can you share a fond memory of Andre? Yeah, I mean, I, I shared that memory in the documentary when he came to my house. Mm -hmm. When he came to my house, Andre Harrell was the CEO of Uptown Records who already had everything. And he came down to the projects to hear this young girl sing. Mm -hmm. That is everything to me because mm -hmm. he sits at his desk as the CEO. He don't have to care about none of us. He came. He came. He didn't just sit at his desk and listen, listen you know, and he's really a father to me in this industry. Andre has given me so much information that has helped me to want to continue acting and can continue, you know, um, entrepreneurship. And um, he he's very angry when people treat me bad. He didn't like that, you know, and I never mm -hmm. see Andre mad ever, but when, you know, all that bad stuff was happening in my life, my shit was all over the television, Andre was really pissed off, and I've never seen him so mad, so I look at him like he's a, a real father figure, and I'm real sad that he's gone, because he always put a smile on my face every time I seen the man, he always put a smile on my face. State of Black Music. I have a question about, I just, just want to bring it back to the museum, because we're actually sitting in, in the green room of the National Museum of African American Music right now, and I know you have come down because it's still kind of opening right now, but we'd love to have you down in Nashville so you can see your influence on the world. Mm -hmm. um, but how does it feel to finally have a museum for our music? I mean, way overdue. <laughs> yeah. Way, way overdue. And it's, a, it's the most beautiful thing we needed. And this is 
what we need. We need the arts, you know, to be everywhere, you know, so people can have somewhere to go, so people can have something to do, so people can have something, our people can have something to study so we don't get in trouble, you know, in the inner cities and end up in jail. And, you know, it's we need more places like this. We need places like this in New York. We need music schools. We need so much stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so this is a blessing. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for this museum. State of Black Music. Esther Roll Award. Mary, we do this thing on the podcast called the Esther Roll Award. Esther Roll from <laughs> Good Times. Yeah. Um, basically, what it's about is that we were having a conversation about her and how she wasn't she wasn't really um, given the credit and celebrated for who she was. And it took us down a rabbit hole of all these people, these black artists, it could be singers, actors, uh, philanthropists that don't get the love, which is why a museum is necessary. So. I'm curious to know who you would nominate since you're an icon as a, it could be anyone, but really I'm, unsung. an unsung um, icon that we could nominate for our Esther Roll Award, our first Esther Roll Award uh, of the museum. Man, I'm about to go dig deep. Mickey Howard. Yes. Whoa. Whoa. Yes. I'm in That's a good one. That's what I'm That's talking a really about. Love under new management. Amazing, man. I used yeah, to sing yeah. that song like I was getting ready to get married. I was a little kid singing that song. <laughs> like, like, like I knew what she was talking about, and, and and that song and everything she's done in touch is just amazing. And then you got Shirley Murdoch too. Let's not forget Shirley Murdoch. Got recommendations from the queen of hip hop so far as the role. Amazing. State of black music. Mary, whose idea was it for you to record um, I'm Going Down, the cover, the Rolls Royce classic? It was mine. It was something I wanted to do. And then, I, like I said, I don't know how Puff does this. He brought it to me. <laughs> I was like, yes. And I always, I used to sing that song at the top of my voice when I was a little girl. Mm. And it came back to me. It was like, it just came, it just came back. And I guess I was destined to do it. Any. <laughs> Any final words you'd give to a young singer uh, who's who's gonna watch this documentary when it comes out and be inspired to find their puff, find their studio, find their Chucky, um, so they don't make unnecessary mistakes? What would you what would you what advice would you give to a young lady who is about to embark on their music career and could be um, potentially as big as a Mary J. Blige one day? I can say this: just believe in yourself when nobody else believes in you. Trust your gut and your instincts when it comes to your, your, um, your talent, mm. you know, trust it, cause it, it, that's what makes you different and, and, and amazing. That's what make people, that's what, that's what makes you stand out. And, um, just live, 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 you know, you're going to, you're going to fall, just get up. You're going to, it's going to be some tight, nasty places, but it's okay. Just love yourself as much as you can find it. And if you have it, do it and treat people kind. Mm. State of Black Music. So I'm on a high, a literal high right now with, yeah. with Mary. This is a, this has been amazing. And uh, Mary, I just want to thank you, celebrate you. We're going to really prompt up this, this amazing documentary. And we're doing a screening yeah. here in Nashville at the museum. So we're super excited. But thank you for your time. Thank really you. means a lot. So thank you, Mary. Nice talking to you. For sure. Come to Nashville. All right. Come on. I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> Great conversation, man. A dream come true, oh, for real. For real. Like, she kept yeah. it real too, like she was comfortable. Yeah, you know what I'm saying we were so talking. Like, yeah, I didn't want that to end. Actually, I yeah. really didn't. I mean, like, 
That was Mary J. Blige. Right. Yeah, man. We got to get Mary J. Blige again in person, though. Because I, I, my feeling is that if we're all kicking it in a room, like we could just be playing records and going in for hours. Absolutely. And you know what I loved about it was that she brought up Malira. No one Hello? talks about Malira. Yeah, 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 yeah. Her, if you know, you know. If you know, you know. Go her, outside in the rain. Her Irby nominations, I must say, her yes. Esther Roll nominations are impressive. Yeah. Yeah. She knows music. The documentary, please check it out on Amazon. You'll get to see another side of Mary and learn a lot. And I love what she sung. Congratulations. Do y'all right. remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I never yeah, heard Mary yeah. vocally go to that place. That was super mm-hmm. dope. But yeah, check out the My Life documentary on Amazon. State of Black Music. Do y'all remember when um one of the one of the married twins on Sister Sister saying I'm going down right around the same time I'm going <laughs> yeah. down came out and yeah. we were all just audibly devastated. Yeah. By her version. It's very proper. <laughs> Who did the other version? Either Tia or Tamara. One of them went in. No. On Sister Sister. Yeah. I don't remember that. Around the same time the actual Mary version was out. Time on my hand. Since you've been away, boy. I ain't got no plans. No, 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 no. And the sound. Why would they do that? Questions that need answers. Were they high? They were like 15 <laughs> years old. <laughs> you know, they would, take a, they would take a lot of popular songs from that time and oh, okay. like, sing oh, them on the no. show back then. I didn't know that. Because they did the same thing with Count On Me, too. And it was very like Disney. Disney school chorus, show choirish. High school musical. Yeah. So there's that. But so there's that. That happened. <laughs> <laughs> but on another note, the other part of of the my life era wasn't just the music, but it mm. was the, it was the lifestyle, it was the fashion. Yes. So, because we like to give y'all good things here, I yeah. say the Black Music Podcast because we we care and we like gifting. We didn't just talk to Mary; we talked to the architect of fashion behind that. Yes, mm-hmm. legend, legend, legend. Let me just start by saying that the Misa Hilton. From the jacuzzi in the Big Papa video, by Tell the way, your as well, friends to get with my, my friends, friends, and we could be friends. Maybe we could be <laughs> friends. We could do this every weekend. That's classic, classic. But also, people don't realize that that was just her in the video, but really, she was behind all the looks. Exactly. Of yeah. All of your favorite R and B hip hop stars, namely Mary J. Blige, and a lot of things going on at Bad Boy, and she had a lot to say. The best part I would say is just literally how passionate she is about fashion. Yeah. So. I'm not going to talk more. Just check out what Misa Hilton had to say when we talked to her live in the Roots Theater at NAMM about the documentary. One of my favorite people, she's an architect, and I'm going to read. The producers gave me a wonderful script, and I'm going to go off script because I know her. <laughs> so pardon me. But uh, earlier we had the chance to chat with Grammy-winning singer, Oscar-nominated actress Mary J. Blige about her new Amazon documentary my life which we all saw yes amazing we saw it was amazing so now we have the pleasure of interviewing a woman who was featured in that film the fashion architect revolutionary creative and life coach misa hilton yes yes Misa has conceived groundbreaking styles for the world's biggest celebrities, including Mary J. Blige, 50 Cent, Missy Elliott, Sean Combs, Kamorley Simmons, and I just heard City Girls. It's time for the turkey later. I'ma shake what my mama gave me. I'ma shake my money maker. It's time for the turkey later. It's time for the turkey later. It's time for the turkey later. It's time for the circulator. Hey, JT, I'm flyweed. Yeah, I love it. Shout out to uh, Young Miami and JT. What up? Um, so, um, but today, she's continued to revolutionize fashion at various levels, collaborating with MCM from her very own soon-to-launch capsule uh, collection and teaching a new generation of stylists at her Misa Hilton Fashion Academy. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Misa Hilton. The one and only. You know, these cars, these cars. They try to keep me on script. They try to keep me on script, Misa. You know me. A living legend. I living told you. Living legend. Yeah, yeah, you feel yeah. me? That, I should have just said living legend. And, and Misa, 
I've known you for years. I met you years ago with Little Mo. This was, I'm eight, it's just, but I'm so, I celebrated Misa in the green room. And y'all know when I get excited and I had a little Casamigos. And uh, I was just like, man, I'm literally sitting with someone who is a part of the fabric of mm. culture. And when I think about the music of Mary J. Blige and Missy and Jodeci, I can go keep going. I mean, we'd we'll be all night. But you are, architect is the best word. That is, you are truly a fashion architect. You are a legend, Misa. We love you. What is it about music that inspires your fashion? Everything. The mm. beat, the lyrics, the mood, the tone, the mm. spirituality, the message. This music just takes me to a different place. I love that. It's always been my biggest inspiration creatively. I'm a New Yorker. I grew up in, in New York City, so I have a personal hypeness in my mind right now about sitting next to you. You feel what I'm saying? Because when I spoke to Mary earlier, I said, if you grew up in New York City, and it's still true today, but definitely in those early albums, specifically my life, every time you saw a visual from Mary J. Blige, the hood changed. The hairstyles change, the jewelry change, the shoes change, the pants. I'm talking about every girl went and I want that. All the guys, were, I want them shades. I want that. And so for me, I don't think I would even know how to dress if it wasn't for you. <laughs> I was like, I was really studying how to be and what it meant to be um, a black kid in New York by what you were putting out there in the world. And I wonder if you understood at the time how impactful that was, or you were just feeling the vibe. Like, did you, did you understand how you were changing culture for little black kids, black girls and boys, and men and women at the time? Did it feel like that? No, it didn't feel like that, but that speaks to the power of authenticity and highlighting black fashion, mm -hmm. and that's what we were doing. I met Mary where she was at, and I highlighted her natural style, her natural being. Everything that we did was a co-creation. You know, we were girls from the hood. We love hip hop. We love um, fashion, but we loved our fashion, the things that were in our neighborhood and the things that we saw daily. And we brought it to, you know, the forefront and we just celebrated black fashion, being a black fly girl. That listen, listen, the flyness, <laughs> the flyness, the flyness, the flyness. And Mary talks about the confidence that you helped her build at that time. Can you share like just. You know, what was that? You know, you all were both from the hood. We all from the But like, what, how did that happen? She talks about the confidence that you gave her with the wardrobe. Yes, because a lot of times when artists are signed, um, people want to change them and they want to make them into an image that they feel is sellable. And what we were doing, were cha we changed that. And we showed people that you could be yourself and be authentic and highlight black fashion and being, around, being from around the way. And that that was fly. And it was something that the world would love because they loved it in our neighborhood. So why wouldn't the world love it? So we let, you know, we, I stood behind what she wanted to um, be and what she wanted to look like. And I took it to the next level. And so I, th I knew she was fly. Mary Swagger, come on. Right, Her right, style right, right, right. Come to this on, day. is unmatched. To this day. And, and I see that that's part of what I'm able to see with my clients, like everything that is beautiful and great about them. And I take that and then, you know, I put the Misa touch, the style, the Misa style aesthetic to it. And that's just how I work. But I saw all of her greatness and all of her beauty and all of her swagger and all of her style. You know, it was just really natural. And I wanted her to know that she was fly, mm. just like that. Wow. And we was going to take that and elevate it. State of black music. You know, speaking of seeing what you see in artists, what is it that you look for in an artist to make you feel like, you know what, I could work with them. I could put looks together for an artist. I could put looks together for anyone. Yeah. I started at home. Yeah. <laughs> I started with my friends and the people around me, the guys mm -hmm. and the girls. So when I look at people, I see, I always yeah. see what their natural style is, mm -hmm. what their swagger is, what's great about them. And then I listen. I'm a great listener, yeah. but I don't just listen with my ears. I listen with my whole being yeah. and I get into who they are and then just, you know, transform it, you know, reinterpret it and deliver. What was it that you felt like you, like coming out of, specific to Mary, um, coming out of like what's the 411 and going into the My Life Project, like what was it that 
what headspace were you in where you felt like, okay, I'm hearing the music, like what did the music tell you that you needed to do for that particular album packaging or tour or whatever? Like, what do you feel like the music said to you? You know, the music said to me that we were on a journey together. Mm -hmm. We were both going through the same thing. Yeah. Heartbreak, yeah. love. We were growing together in this business. We had a couple coins, you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he said, I, I, I've read that, me, that Misa made her first million by 25, what he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Shout out to the millionaire Hello? 25. Make some Hello? noise for that. That's crazy. For real. Yeah. Um, so I was just inspired by the moment just being in the moment, you know, and we had more access because of the success of 411. We had more knowledge, and but it was still just a natural evolution. State of black music. Do you have a favorite look that you um, don't co-created with Mary? Is there a favorite look, whether it's a award show performance, album packaging, is there a favorite look? I don't have favorite looks. I love all my work. Mm. I, I love that. Because it's like art. I love all of it. Yeah, everything don't gives for different. It's something different. You know, it's a diff it's a it's a expression for that particular moment or song or event. So. Is there an artist or a person that you haven't styled that you wish, oh, if I could just get my hands on <laughs> fill in the blank, um, I would get them so right. There's someone I do want to style. It's a new uh, young rapper. Her name is Mona Leo. Beating down the block. Mona Leo. Yeah, she gets me hype. <laughs> Mona, Mona Leo about to get laced Mona with some Leo. good fashion. Yeah. All right, I'm, I, have you heard? I'm, I'm about to check out some you new music. You just put us on. Down the block, you know, right? She's one of the hardest chicks. Mona Leo, I, okay. That I've heard note. in a long time, right. yeah. But, um, yeah, I would say her. I love that you're, that you're looking to new artists to put yeah, them on. Yeah, I love new yeah. artists. Once... Um, an artist gets to that, you're just like a personal shopper. You're just, it's already done. I love like creating from mm. the ground, from nothing and making it into something. That's what I love about, you know, styling. I like to work with new, fresh talent or like people who are at the beginning of something great. It's a passion for you. Like I'm, I'm sitting, I'm watching you talk and it's like, as a musician, I know how I feel about when I talk about yeah. music. It's a, I feel the same energy. It's just, it's not just about putting some clothes, it's about, reaching to the soul and telling a story. Yeah. Telling a fashion story. Telling a fashion story. That's inspiring to me. That means there's an art and a science in everything if you love what you do. Yeah. And you love what you do, clearly. I love what I do. It's all I've ever done. Just think it's 30 years of fashion styling. Wow. Yeah. Wow. State of black music. Well, Misa, you couldn't give me a favorite look, but can you give me a favorite song from my life? Everybody wants favorites from me a lot. No, I can't give you a favorite song. I'll, it's it's a favorite album. Okay. It's a favorite. You know, it's album. a favorite album because it, it's a movie from really beginning is. to to the end. Mm -hmm. It's a movie. Yeah. So it's hard to break it up into. Yeah. It's... Besides this, my life documentary, which we're about to watch very soon. Thank you, Amazon. There is another documentary about your life that I saw recently, and we ran to talk about it to each other because it was so overdue. Um, just to highlight not only the people behind the scenes, but the brilliant black women that have been the, the building blocks of the things that we see. So how does it feel to finally be getting the credit that I think is so overdue? Listen, well, the name of the doc is The, the Remix, right? The Remix. Yeah, the Remix yeah, yeah. on Netflix. If you haven't and seen it. And it's nuts. It's if you haven't seen it, it is so, so, so revealing and so good. I watched it twice. Because <laughs> I was like, I mean, let, me just get, let me just go back and get all the, soak it all in. But it really is overdue. So how do you feel about the time it took to get that credit? Oh, you know, it feels amazing. It feels amazing to um, receive the credit, acknowledgement, and respect for the work I've done. But I didn't do it for that. And I still don't do it for that. I love fashion, styling, designing. I love it so much that I do it to just be in it and for the art of it. Mm. And so it didn't ever matter to me whether people knew that or not because I'm still doing the work and I'm still doing it so it's only a matter of time that the world will know and this was the time this was the divine time this was the time that it was supposed to happen and it feels amazing but um I didn't really do it for the credit you know but I know I know I did that I know what my impact is and I know um what my contribution has 
is so I know, you know, and the right people know. And now everybody knows. The right knows. people <laughs> know. Yeah. The right people know. Yeah. Misa, what advice would you give to a young aspiring architect trying to enter into fashion and music and the entertainment industry? What advice would you give you know, them? I would tell them to become knowledgeable about the space that you want to enter in. And you really have to be courageous and believe in yourself. And you got to be willing to, you know, to face the obstacles, no fear. As a creative, you cannot have any fear. Mm. You gotta believe in yourself even when no one else does. That's how you create something new. You can't be a leader and you can't push the culture forward with fear. You gotta be confident, you gotta be courageous, and you gotta trust your creativity and trust that you may not always know where you're going because I sure didn't know I would be Misa Hilton today, but I knew I wanted to create and I knew that I was gonna continue taking every opportunity that came my way to create and I was going to give it my all and I was going to give it my best. There wasn't a, I didn't think fashion styling could be a career. You know, I just knew I was in this space that seemed really magical and I was going to be, I wasn't going to leave. I was going to stay here as long as it would have me and I'm still here 30 years that. later. Still here. I got to ask, since the name of our podcast is State of Black Music, what is the state of black music for you? Today. 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 Um, the state of black music is um, it's a place that has so much love, um, so much flavor, energy, and opportunity. You know, and what we see in uh, black music today is a sign of the times. And, and you know where the world is and how we are choosing to express ourselves, but it still, for me, represents truth, and it represents, um, and we're all telling stories, our stories, you know. And so, to me, that's powerful and empowering. Misa and and, and I mean, I, I, had, I did. I mean, Misa ain't give me no favorite on my life, no favorite look. <laughs> you but I mean, can, who who your favorite host up here, at least? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mess with you, Misa. It's always a pleasure. Oh. Thank you so much. Thank you, Misa. Thank you, Mary J. Blige. And thank you, Amazon. My Life, the documentary, is oh, available yeah. now on Amazon. And this is my first time seeing it. Mary said, wait till you see it, Misa. You're going to be crying. So who got the tissue? Yeah. Oh, get your tissue. Ooh, it's, it's an amazing documentary. I'm so excited. So, Misa, you haven't seen it yet? No. Oh. Wow. Oh, it's incredible. Okay. So you're watching for the first time, the first time. at the museum, yeah. the National Museum of African American Music. Yeah. That's yeah. historic right there. it's so special. Like, as I was standing there... And you were playing um, Mary's song. I was like, wow. I, you know, I got emotional mm -hmm. from where we started mm -hmm. to where we are today. And who she has become is just amazing. And to be on that journey with her and who I have become, you know, it's just like, wow. And where we stand. And, the, and to be with my girl, Bevy. Who Shout, out to Bevy. Bevy Shout out to Bevy. Shout out to Bevy it's, it's really Another like starting legend. from no. the bottom, now we here. Like, can you believe this? <laughs> it's crazy. It's can, yes, we do. We so deserve I, it. I'm going to put y'all both on the spot right now because we already wanted to do a fashion meets music episode. So I need Misa back in Nashville and Bevy Smith yes, please. to have on the State of Black Music podcast. This is being recorded, so a verbal counts right now. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. you got Done. It. All right, Thank good, you. good, good, good. We want you guys to enjoy this documentary and I especially want you to enjoy it. So since you're seeing it for the first time. Thank you so much. I'm for just so happy for my girl. Oh. Yeah, and yeah, she yeah. so deserves, don't Ladies she? Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Misa Hilton. So what y'all been listening to? Hey, Timon, what you got over there? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Alita is always in rotation. Shout out to Around Alita. these parts. Um, but for real, though, um, I've been listening to Snow Allegra. She has a new single out called Lost You. Mm. It's from her upcoming album release coming out July 9th. And uh, in my opinion, she never misses. Although I lost you, I, I'll always want you. 
So you know what I've been listening to? There's a new artist on Interscope. I really like her her EP that's out. She's got a joint writer that I really, really like a lot. So yeah, Mariba, that's what I've been, I just discovered it. I saw someone posted on Instagram like a few weeks ago and I was like, man, this is to Lionel Richie. I'm going to tell you why I've been listening to Lionel <laughs> Richie. <laughs> Me and Chuck pay tribute to the master himself. At the celebration of legends for the National Museum of African American Music. And uh, we sang and performed and played truly. So uh, I had listened to that song in years. And as a songwriter, I was just listening to the way he phrases and how simple yet poetic, but not simple it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just want to take a moment to respectfully respect. And, and salute to you, to the both of you. I heard you were amazing. I you wish I could. Y'all, y'all smashed that performance. Thank, Thank you. you I heard it was great. I heard it was amazing. I couldn't be there. I had an allergic reaction. You did. From a, a barber who did some damage to my face. I'll leave him nameless in a shop. <laughs> <laughs> but my face was swollen because I don't use Beijing. Yeah. yeah, Beijing, whatever it's called. Whatever so, it's called. so I missed the amazing performance, but I heard nothing but amazing reviews from people from all walks of life. And Thank you. Yeah. So, salute. So that's so, you know, I'll, I'll, we will receive the salute, and we'll also pass the salute on to the king himself, Mr. Lionel Richie, because he's timeless, and his records are timeless. about you chuck well i've been listening you actually turned me on to this record me? John, john mayer last oh. train home mm. his new single that's is a good one. so good that's it's so good infectious one. that's a good one i wake up thinking about it <laughs> <laughs> so infectious shout it's out to john so you're talking about somebody who never misses yeah so if you're coming with me let me know maybe you're the last train you know what we got to do? You know what we have to do, Timon? Yeah. You need to start a state of black music playlist. I'm on it. With all these suggestions so every, everyone can listen and learn what we're listening to and get put onto some cool stuff. Yes, sir. So, you know, everyone go, everyone go bother It's Timon on Instagram <laughs> and make sure that he gets them new songs up because... We have good taste, I believe. Yeah, man. <laughs> and that's gonna be the number one song on the playlist. <laughs> number one song gonna be uh, "Get Here" by Alita Adams. That's gonna start it off <laughs> and, and end it. We gonna put just, it at the just, top. Just, just know that I want everyone out there to, to, to when they think of Timon, if you see him, if you see him on social media, just always just imagine the intro to "Get Here" playing. That's Timon's theme song in life. State of black music. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, God. State of black music. Man, this was a crazy episode, guys. A crazy first inaugural episode. Yeah, man. We got to talk to a queen. Two queens. Two, two queens. queens. Two dope queens. Two, <laughs> Let's two keep dope this thing queens. going, man. Yeah, man. Um, Iconic. What a way to come back. What State of black back. music. Yeah, man. Y'all stay tuned. Because we got a lot of exciting episodes coming your way. Special shout out to Visit Music City and the National Museum of African American Music. Yo, make sure y'all follow us on all socials mm. at NAMAM, N-M-A-A-M, and at State of Black Music. Tell your friends, tell everyone about this. If you are a former We Sound Crazy fan, it's only about to get better here at State of Black Music. So before we sign off, Let's introduce ourselves one more time so they know who we are. Yo, this is Fillionaire. I'm Claude Kelly. What's up? This is Chuck Harmony. Timon Bacon. And this is the State of Black Music Podcast. Podcast. Let's go. Let's get it. Now.